Welcome to Storygram Talk with Kristen and Bridget. This is a show designed to reach out to the Bookstagram community in order to educate, entertain, inform, and simply enjoy all things book-related. Hi, I'm Kristen from My Friends Are Fiction. And I'm Bridget from Dark Fairy Tales. Together we own Storygram. Today we are interviewing Margaret Rogerson, who is the New York Times bestseller of An Enchantment of Ravens and Sorcery of Thorns, which just barely released. And we are just going to ask her some interview questions and we're going to get started. Okay, so I'm curious about your publishing journey. Uh, Bridget and I both are like aspiring author-ish Um so I was kind of curious, how many books did you write prior to Enchantment of Ravens that you maybe queried or just tried to get out there? I wrote, I finished one book um, prior to Enchantment. I had tried writing many books, but I had never finished them. So I finished one and queried it, and I got so many rejections for that book. It was kind of like my training wheels book. I was sort of learning how to write a book and how to actually finish a book for the first time. So it was a pretty flawed manuscript but I queried it and I I remember reaching the point where I didn't really have many agents left to query so I I received tons of rejections for that one interestingly I did receive a rejection from my agent Sarah Mm -hmm. she gave me a form rejection for that so it was pretty cool to then resubmit to her with enchantment and and um and see such a different response what uh for enchantment where did the idea come from? Like, had you, is it something you'd kind of always dreamed up or did it just hit you overnight or how'd that happen? Yeah. So I was, I had just started querying my first book at that time and I was in the shower one morning and I was thinking, you know, these rejections are, are discouraging and I need to be working on something else to kind of keep my spirits up and, to not be crushed by these rejections, you know, just to have something else to put my heart into. And my first book took me two years to write. I rewrote it so many different times. It was a really difficult book to write. So I remember thinking in the shower, like, I need to come up with an idea that's easy for me to write. So I'm going to try to think of some things that I love and feel passionate about, and like, don't have to research very much. So I thought of fairy folklore, which is something that I've always been interested in ever since I was a little kid. And I have always had this idea about the sort of the craft component in Enchantment of Ravens, the idea that like the fair folk cannot create anything without crumbling to dust. So I've always kind of um, had that idea brewing in in the back of my mind, I think. and, And I thought maybe this is something I should write about. And the element of Isabel being a portrait artist actually came from my own experience as a portrait artist. I knew that I wanted to give her some kind of craft that would allow her to interact with the fair folk in an interesting way. But I also didn't want it to be something that I had to research because I was unfamiliar with it. So I chose portrait art because I felt like I could write about that authentically. And also I wouldn't have to do any research. Portrait artist, that's awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, not like in in an official capacity. It's something I did a lot when I was younger. Um, I could have pursued it, I think, if I had kept up with it, but I sort of chose writing over art in a way because I just didn't have time to do both. But it's something that I still, you know, do as a hobby and feel passionately right. about. So, Do you share any of your art anywhere? I I used to. I don't really any longer just because I don't draw a lot of stuff. But I had like a, a DeviantArt account. Are you guys familiar with that yes. one? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, back when I was in high school and college, I used to share my work on on there. 
Oh, have you awesome. ever tried to like do any of your own characters, like the character art? Like, I'm just curious. <laughs> so that's actually a really interesting question because I've been thinking about that. I've always had a hard time drawing my own characters because I feel like I have an image of what they look like in my head. And whenever I try to draw them, I can't get them down perfectly. Like I can't get like their soul into that portrait. And that really bothers me in a way that like other portraits don't bother me because I don't feel that strong need to get it 100% correct. So I've, yeah, I've never really been able to draw my own characters or at least the ones that are like really important to me. I think I could draw the side characters, but not the main characters for that reason. Do you uh, cast them with actors or Pinterest, you know, pictures or anything? I typically do not. And that's probably part of why they're so hard to draw. I think if I had like a reference to work off of, I could do a much, I could do it more easily. But since they're just kind of these, they exist just in my head, transferring that to paper is really difficult for me. Oh, yes, me too. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is like me and Kristen have talked about this a lot of times is when we actually see character art, we're just like, no. No, that's, yeah. not, that's not right. Like, that that's is how, not how I pictured them looking at all. That's how I feel with my own art. I draw it, and then I'm like, no, that's not them. It's not right. So Some yeah. characters, I think, can only live in your head and your heart. Like, you cannot even, I don't know, like, some characters, nothing looks like them. Like, I, I don't know why, but no one can ever fill that character role, I guess. I don't know that's why so, it is like that. That's so true, though. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's kind of nice. Speaking of art, though, I love that Charlie Bowater does your covers. I think that oh is God. just the most amazing thing ever. How did that come about? Oh, my gosh. So what's interesting is is publishers all work differently in terms of how much they involve the authors in the cover design process. With my publisher, they don't tell me anything. I don't know anything about what the cover is going to look like. And with Enchantment, I did not even know that it was going to be an illustrated cover. I was really hoping that it would be, but I knew nothing about what it was going to look like until my editor sent me an email one day, like, here's the finished cover. And I opened it and I burst into tears because it was so beautiful. And it so far exceeded any expectations that I had had. Like, I was just utterly blown away by that cover. And with Sorcery, I was a little bit more prepared because I thought that they would probably keep the same artist, Charlie. But even so, like just nothing compares to that experience of opening opening up the the file for the first time and looking at it and just being like, this is this is one of the most beautiful covers I've ever seen, and it's my book, and it's just it's unbelievable. It's I'm very lucky. Oh yeah, the covers are. I mean, they are just the most beautiful, and I love that they're two separate stories, total standalones, but they still look beautiful on my shelf together, and they go together. Do you think that will be for your next novel as well, like that same? I guess you might not know since you... <laughs> I I don't know, but I certainly hope so. I, I hope I also, so too. Yeah, I love that they all coordinate with each other. Um, I think that would be a really cool thing to continue doing. Do you think you're going to do another standalone? I am actually not totally sure yet. My current project that I'm working on could be a standalone, but it could also maybe be a series opener. So that's going to be something that I sort of talk to my publisher about and we kind of figure out. I want time. series. I want you to do a series because I'm always, <laughs> I love your characters so much and one book is not enough. I'm like, I need more. I do always miss them. That's the downside to a standalone. I miss them a lot when I'm done. Do you ever think about going back and maybe adding like companion novels from side characters? I do think about that. Um, I think with sorcery, particularly, the world is so interesting. And there are so many things that are left unexplored that 
it would actually really be fun to go back and write a companion novel. There are a lot of interesting historical events that take place in the in the past that are referenced, especially ones that involve like Nathaniel's family that I thought would be really interesting to revisit. There are also side characters that I really love, like Catrian. She's a super fun. She's Elizabeth's best friend, and she's a really fun character. She's like a complete Slytherin. So writing from her perspective would be a blast, I think. And of course, no matter what time period I set a book in, I could always bring back Silas because he's yes. immortal and he's a, he's a demon. So yeah, I thought, I thought a companion book would be really fun. So maybe uh, one day. No, yeah, no Silas. Plan. But. No, yeah, but Silas would be so awesome. He, there's so much to him that you can mm-hmm. you know, explore. Yeah. Okay, so this is one question I had. So besides writing an amazing book, what is some other advice you would give to upcoming authors? I always say what I struggled with most was write with your whole heart and don't hold yourself back because you feel self-conscious. That is was a hard lesson for me to learn because... In writing my first book, I I felt so much pressure. I felt like I needed to prove to people that what I was doing was a worthy endeavor because, you know, a lot of people will will sort of discourage you from pursuing writing as a as a career path because because a lot of people, you know, they they think it oh it's a waste of time or you'll never get published. So you tend to get some discouraging remarks maybe from people around you. And so I, I felt a lot of pressure working on that first novel. And I I remember writing a lot of scenes and feeling like, oh, this is kind of embarrassing because I'm putting too much of myself into this book. I'm putting too much of my sort of my secret self into this book. And what if it's embarrassing? Like, what if people think it's stupid or make fun of me? Or, you know, what if people I know read this and it, it they learn things about me that I've never shared and it's awkward and embarrassing? But I think if you don't put your heart into a book, then the book will have no heart. And that heart is what makes it relatable to readers. It's what gives a book that special spark, I think. And when you put your true authentic self into a book, I think that's what really, really makes it good. That's what makes people love it. So that's that's what I would I would advise. I like that. That's totally awesome. Yeah, definitely. I know that that's what I, I hold back for sure. Like, I, I feel... You spoke directly to my soul right there. I completely relate to everything you just said. Yeah. Oh, well, I, so. Well, I think for like us, we see too, because we work in social media, we see all the drama that happens yeah. through the, you know, and so that is also really scary. I think when you put yourself yeah. out there and getting rejected or getting, or even say you do get a publishing deal and then you get torn apart by what you have produced. And that would, that's really disheartening, I think for a lot of people. And it's good to know that you just have to push past that and get past your insecurities and produce what you can the best you can. Absolutely. Yeah. Because with my first novel, I remember feeling like I was almost building a wall between myself and my work because I knew that I was going to have to face rejection. I knew people were going to read this book and not like it. So I was sort of preemptively like defending myself by sort of building this wall between my feelings and my work. But that just ended up taking that essential something, that heart out of, out of the book, if that makes sense. It, it, oh, it does. It does. Yeah, it was kind of self-sabotaging in a way to do that. So with social media, it's an increasingly d- difficult time to put yourself out there and really expose yourself in that way. Right. And then the reviews, I if yeah. I ever publish, I... I don't think I could read them either that or I'd have a glass of wine and I'd be like pity party one night or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. I love that it takes place in the, a great library. If you could, yeah. would you want to be living in your own library? 
Absolutely, yes. If I were living in one of the great libraries in Sorcery of Thorns, I would probably die. <laughs> I, I would too. Oh, I my gosh, I'm going to love all the books and then a book would kill me. <laughs> right. I'm so curious. I can't imagine not just, be, I'll just take a peek. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Would not end for well sure. for me. Yeah. But it would be worth it, right? Probably. If, if I'm going to die <laughs> anyway, getting taken out by a book would be very like on brand, right? Right. Well, so. in all my books, I'm constantly like, I broke my wrist climbing up my shelves. So like, I'm like, well, <laughs> got to hurt yourself. Do it with books. The things we do for bookstagram. <laughs> right? <laughs> for sure. Wow. Uh, out of your characters in uh, Sorcerer of Thrones, who did you relate to the most? Or do you kind of, you had said you put some of your authentic self in there. Do you space it out with all the characters or kind of choose one? That's a good question. In Sorcery, I don't think I really put a lot of myself into any one character. I did put a lot of things that I like into a lot of my characters, but not necessarily traits that I have. With Elizabeth, she is kind of my complete opposite in a lot of ways. Like she's tall and she's strong and she's physically competent, whereas I'm short and small. And if I ever tried to pick up a sword, I'd probably stab myself with it within seconds. So she's, she's a bit aspirational, I think, because she's so brave and she's so compassionate and just jumps into danger without hesitation, whereas I'm very cautious. So I think Elizabeth is in some ways my complete opposite, but in a way that's like, she's sort of the person that I would like to be. So it was very fun to write her for that reason. There's just maybe a small piece of myself in all of the characters, but but they're very different from me for sure. Well, I love like like opposites attract. Like that's like when you're in a, like a relationship and like you're kind of in a relationship with the characters in your book, like for all this time when you have to write them and, you know, create them. So I'm like, I can totally see how someone like an opposite would be your character. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love I, it's funny because all of the relationships that I write are that opposites attract dynamic because I just love it so much. Oh, I love it too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it's a good trope. Um, yes. So I, if you could live one day of any character you've written, who would it be and why? Of any character? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, Silas is tempting because I could just turn into a cat. <laughs> and life as a cat has always seemed wonderful to me. <laughs> I have, I have a cat and I just look at him while I'm working and think, oh, I could just be napping in the sun right now with no worldly concerns and someone would feed me and pick me up and cuddle me and love me. So yeah, I think I'd be Silas in cat form. That's awesome. Yes, <laughs> I am. Day. I love I that. Would, I would be Sir Fluffington. Oh, yes. <laughs> and that name is perfect. <laughs> I love it. Do you listen to music as you write? I do. Yeah, I listen to music most of the time. Always music that doesn't have lyrics, or at least English lyrics, because I find that that kind of, it, it confuses my brain a little bit if I'm trying to write words while also listening to words. So I listen to a lot of classical. And I also listen to movie soundtracks and video game soundtracks. What are some of your favorites? Oh my gosh, I have so many. I love the Witcher 3 soundtrack. It's very intense, and, and I listened to that one a lot while I was writing Enchantment. It fit the mood of Enchantment a little bit better. For movie soundtracks, I love the soundtrack to The Village, which is a very, yes, it's a very polarizing movie, but I think we can all agree that the soundtrack is an absolute masterpiece. It's beautiful, beautiful violin music, so I listen to that one a lot. For non-soundtrack, for Sorcery of Thorns, I listen to 
uh, Vivaldi Remastered by Max Richter a lot. It's a really beautiful classical kind of uh, reimagining of Vivaldi's Four Seasons, and it's it's gorgeous. I also listened to the Penny Dreadful soundtrack a lot for Sorcery of Thorns. That that fit the atmosphere and the mood pretty well for a lot of the scenes, especially the ones in the city. So I had a lot of a fun listening to that one. Those are all like really good soundtracks. Yeah. <laughs> we read in your biography on the back flap of the book that you like to make pudding. I do. Tell us more about what type of pudding. Can we have any recipes you want to share with us? <laughs> I am really boring. I typically just make vanilla pudding. I wish oh, I had like like love more vanilla pudding. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> actually. It's so good. It's so it's just so simple and comforting. The kind that I make is is the eggless kind. So it's a mixture of milk, cornstarch, sugar, a little bit of salt, and you cook that until it gets thick, and then you add vanilla flavoring and butter to it. Oh, I think I've only made instant pudding. I really Same. need to up my pudding game. Oh my gosh, I tried making instant pudding the, for the first time recently, and it was awful. I couldn't even eat it. Homemade pudding is so much better. If you ever have the chance to make it, definitely make it. It's so much better. It's like a different food. (laughs) I made homemade tapioca pudding, which is like a billion times better than anything store-bought you can do. I've never made tapioca pudding, and I need to because I I just, yeah, I love tapioca, so... And it's really easy. I, I, you can just, I always would just do it in the microwave. It's just, I mean, you can do it on the stovetop too, but I just like, I'm go, I, I get distracted and I have too many kids. So microwave is like my go-to thing. So I'm like, just push buttons and then I can walk away. <laughs> yeah. The, the stovetop kind does involve a lot of stirring. I usually read a book while I make it because it can be like upwards of 20 or 30 minutes of stirring sometimes, depending on the size of the batch. So yeah, it's, it's time consuming for sure. Okay, so what are you currently reading then? I am actually in between books right now. I just finished uh, Sky in the Deep by Adrienne Young, and I loved it so much. I I had an event with her at Hickleby's last week, I guess. I've completely lost track of time (laughs) on book tour, and it was so fantastic. I was reading it on the plane, and then I was reading it when I should have been sleeping, which is really saying something because I was getting like four hours of sleep a night on book tour. And... It was such a good book. I'm so, so glad I got to fangirl at her about it and get a signed copy of it. So I'm a little bit in between books right now. I'm, I'm just kind of trying to figure out what to read next because I am having the wondrous experience of having caught up on my ARC TBR. And now there are so many things to choose from that I'm sort of overwhelmed by the possibilities. I that totally hear you. Yeah, that happens <laughs> to me all the time. Yeah, and I Sky in the Deep is fantastic. And I actually, I've already read The Girl to See Get Back, and it's just as good. So, oh my gosh, I'm so excited, <laughs> especially when she told me who the who the love interest in that one is, because I loved him in the first book so yeah. much as a little kid. These ones can be like just one word answers, just, you know, something short. So what's your favorite food? Pudding. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a surprise <laughs> after our pudding conversation. <laughs> what is your dream vacation? Somewhere where I can see all the stars in the sky at night. Oh, come to Idaho. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Um, Actually, that, yeah. You can totally see all the stars here, especially if you, like, where I actually live, it's not quite as good because I live in a city of, like, 60,000 people. But my parents live in, like, the boondogs. And you go there and you can, it's just, you can see everything. As long as it's a cloudless night, it's just there's stars everywhere. It's really cool, actually. Um, your favorite genre to read? 
Fantasy. Your Hogwarts house? Ravenclaw. With with secondary Hufflepuff. Oh, that's I'm, yeah. I'm Hufflepuff with secondary Ravenclaw. Oh, so you're you're a Huffleclaw. A Huffleclaw. I'm a Ravenpuff. Yeah, I think I'm mine. Mine. My first one's Gryffindor, and my second's Hufflepuff. Griffin. Uh, Griffinpuff. Griffinpuff. Yeah, that's what I'm like, what is that? I don't even. Know. <laughs> okay, your favorite TV show? The Expanse. Ooh, I've not heard of that one. Yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's a science fiction show, and it is so good. Like, don't be deterred if you're not a huge science fiction fan because it's very character oriented. It does take a while to get into, but by the end of the first season, I was so invested and the second and third seasons are like even better. They just get better and better. And the characters are so wonderful. It's a really, really great series. We'll be checking that out. Yeah, I'm like, new series. I don't really watch a lot of TV, but I like to find ones that I can, like I, I will find with TV shows that I will lose interest after the first season a lot of times because like the first season will be great. And then you go into the second season and it's just like, eh, yeah, kind of tired of this. Like, I swear they like repeat like the same plot over and over again. in a lot of TV series, <laughs> I, I have that problem too. The expanse is actually based on a book series. Ooh. So it doesn't have that problem. And that's why it just keeps getting better because the plot is, is like so well thought out. So they don't do that annoying thing where they like, break characters up for, for stupid reasons just to create annoying dramatic tension or like draw up plot points for too long or like as you said do really repetitive stuff it's like a very it's very well thought out and planned ahead so that's part of why I really like it so much do you think that either of your books will ever be turned into movies or tv series I would love that I think enchantment would work great as an animated movie I would love it to be a Miyazaki film that would never happen but like that's sort of the the ideal Sorcery of Thorns, I think, would make a really good uh, mini-series, like a six-episode mini-series, kind of like Good Omens. Have you watched Good Omens yet? I'm currently watching it and really enjoying it. Yeah, I've watched the first episode so far. It was super fun so far. It is, it's so fun. It gets be- it gets better, too. I, I remember thinking the last couple of episodes were a lot better than the first two. I'm, I'm four episodes in right now, so... Yes. I love David Tennant. So anything David Tennant, it's like he's my favorite doctor. So yes, Michael <laughs> Sheen is amazing too. Is the other yes. he's really great in that role. He is. I love his aura. Like he yeah. just yeah, <laughs> and them together is just perfect. Yes, I loved him when he played that vampire in Twilight. <gasps> yes, I didn't so... ever connect that. Which he was... one? He played the the like the bad guy. Um, he had like the red eyes. He was like the was what are they called like the vulturi or something? Yes, yeah. yes. So he was like one of the main three. Yeah, because there's yeah. The three. Oh. Yeah, he's the one that had that that crazy laugh. That that really wild. He just seems. I sort of remember this now. I recently watched second movie with my daughter <laughs> because she wanted to watch him, and I'm like, okay. And so it'd been a really long time. I rewatched him. I'm like. Why was I so obsessed with these? Not that they're bad, but I'm just like, the acting is kind of bad. Yeah. Some some of the characters. Some of them are really good, but some of them are just like, yeah, about that. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I love Michael Sheen in that role because he's so hammy, and you can tell that he's just having such a good time being over-the-top ridiculous, and that's part of what makes it just so funny to watch. Yes, I so for good. some reason when I was watching Good Omens, I didn't remember that. That is going to improve my viewing, just mm. kind of keeping that 
in my mind. <laughs> yeah, he's both an evil vampire and a, an angel. It's pretty right. Pretty- that's awesome. I haven't, I don't, what is Good Omens? Is that a book that got turned into a Yeah, it's TV Terry series? Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. Oh, it, yes. Okay. Yeah. I had read the book a million years ago, so. I have not read the book. I was a huge Sandman fan, so mm. that's, uh, that's my favorite Neil Gaiman. I'm still waiting for that to be adapted. So I've never read anything by Neil Gaiman. If you haven't read any Neil Gaiman, I would maybe recommend starting with the Graveyard book, which is a middle grade. I, I really love really that. Good. Yeah, it was really good. Some of his adult stuff can be a little more difficult to get into. When I was a teen, I was really into his book Neverwhere. Yeah, which is I a love very that. yeah, very creative, very weird fantasy. Um, I love that one too. But yeah, I recommend Graveyard Book if you want to get into his stuff. It's really Thank accessible. Thanks so much for joining us. And it's so good to actually kind of like meet you. Yes. Oh my gosh, likewise. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks for joining us. And if you have any questions or comments, you can head over to storygramtalk.com. There's a form you can fill out and um, hit us up if you have any suggestions on podcasts you want us to do or anything else you want to talk to us about. Just let us know.